0: I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, the podcast dedicated to all things younger. In last night's episode, it became boys against girls when Charles resigned from Millennials Board in order to pursue his new imprint, Mercury, with Zane. I have a very special guest here to break it down with me today. She plays everyone's favorite extra accessorized boss lady, and she directed last night's episode. It's Miriam Shore! It's me. I'm everyone's favorite. You are? <laughs> Extra accessorized boss. I'm the extra accessorized boss. Yeah, you are. You're wearing a very cool hat when you came in here today. Hey,
1: it said lady director. It
0: said lady director. I know. Look it. We're talking about this episode that you directed. My
1: friend Allie Smith gave it to me. Ugh. Yeah. mean this um, episode,
0: ama- it's amazing. I'm proud of it. You should be. I,
1: I am. I, 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 it was written by Allison Brown, who's a genius, a genius, writer, and a great friend, and just very talented person. And it's, it's this great show, Younger. I don't know if you guys know the show, but it, it is amazing. <laughs> I feel so beholden to what Younger is and to tell the story the way that fans want to see it. You know, it's, it's interesting that that's part of being a director of Younger. So it'll be interesting when I direct my, you know, other things. I got lots of directing questions
0: for you, Missy. <laughs> so you've been playing Diana Trout for six seasons, okay? Yeah. And this is the second time you've directed an episode of Younger. Jeez. So how does your perspective as a cast member influence the way that you direct?
1: Um, well, you know what? I come in with a lot of knowledge that uh, any old director off the street couldn't mm-hmm. have. Because that's how we get our directors, just someone off the street. Just any other person. Hey, you want to direct? Come on yeah. over. No, we have wonderful directors, and they a lot of them are the same director season to season. But I happen to know these people. They're my family, you know, the cast and the crew. And so I benefit so greatly from understanding, just having a shorthand with everybody, everybody on set. And with the actors, and, and I know, you know, I know what they like and how they like to be directed and what they like to hear and what they don't like to hear. I, I feel like I can be very honest with them. They can be very honest with me. They're all, the cast and the crew are so supportive. They're just, they want me to succeed. They want to help me do everything I can to succeed. And I know that's not, that's not the case with everything you'll ever direct. If I walk into any other job just like, you guys love me, right? You're you're my family, right? <laughs> well, what's your process like in preparing to direct an episode that you're also acting in? Yeah. That's the most challenging thing. It's really tough. I, I only had one scene last season in the episode that I directed and this this time I had I know, like five or six scenes. Mm-hmm. I directed four scenes that I was in in one day. That really was a lot because your brain is just operating just a hundred percent. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> probably only two percent, but it felt like a hundred percent. And and it you're multitasking so hard in that moment and you're also wearing deeply uncomfortable clothes which I'm like Scorsese I'd like you to wear this necklace and these heels and give it a shot oh good point Um, uh, it's no it's just you you need different things as an actor and as a director Mm -hmm. so so it's challenging but I was like I kind of wanted to see what that challenge was and also I feel like again that feeling of I need to make the writers proud and to make everybody proud and I felt such a responsibility to direct what was on the page, and I, I was curious that if I ever direct something I've written, if I would feel uh, something different, you know, if I would feel a little less pressure or more pressure, probably different. Maybe a
0: little bit more freedom. Yeah, that I could
1: just sort of change things on the fly. Whereas yes. this one, I was like, I absolutely want to give them what they've written. And luckily, you know, Allison was there, so I could say, well, you know, we could confer. But yeah, it it really was a challenge. And also, you know, when you're in the scene and then you have to run back in those clompy heels and look at your playback and be like, oh, she's she's not great, that Miriam. (laughs) Give her a damn note. She's... Really tough to work with.
0: When you're reading the script,
1: what's the difference in how you approach it as an actor versus a director? it's, It's a huge difference. I mean, as an actor, to a small extent, you really are like blah, 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 my line. I mean, you're not. You do want to know what the story is, but your responsibility is for the emotional journey and truth that your character is going through. And so you can just enjoy the scenes you're not in as a viewer and as a reader when you're reading a script. And it gives you information about what your character is going through. But, it, it you know, you just like, ooh, that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a director, you know, I just go through every single word with a fine-tooth comb as a director. I read the script over and over and over again. And I write down all the props that I'm going to need. I write any thoughts that come to me. In any scene, it's a much longer process reading the script as a director.
0: Uh, Was it easier for you
1: as a director your second time around? You know, yes and no. See, that's it. (laughs) Bye. It was uh, on the one hand, I was like, okay, I know what this is. I know what it's all going to be, you know, but there's always surprises as a director. So you can't know everything. And then on top of that. I felt like the first time around, people were like, well, these their first times, so they were going to give me a, a slight pass on one or two things. Or, but the second time around, I was like, I have to know my shit. I'm not a novice. I mean, on some level I am, but, but I've done this before. So I better show up, you know. And uh, so I felt more pressure. You know, Were there any mistakes from the first
0: time around that you learned from?
1: One thing I remember uh, feeling like you, you are so rushed it, forever, I think, as a director, but certainly on television, and, and you, you need to move quickly. Yes. And I do remember the first time around there was I, I thought, ooh, should I do another take? Because I, I didn't quite get exactly what I wanted in that moment. But, but I felt a lot of pressure to move on, so I just moved on. And it ended up working out great. But I remember in the moment thinking, I should have gotten that extra take. It would have been the right thing to do, but I was feeling a little insecure, and I didn't. And so I was like, if I get to do this again, I want to remember that if there's a moment, especially if you're it's a, entering or exiting a scene, which are so important, I just want to make sure I've got it before I move on. So, you know, I want it's a balancing act of being, you know, time smart and, and getting the content you need. And trusting your gut, too. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if it feels like this is the right thing to do, you know, you gotta and you don't you don't have time to waffle on your decisions. I'm a huge waffler. Oh man, I waffle. It takes me like an hour and a half to figure out like which salad to right. Order. yeah, but you don't have time to do that. It's kind of refreshing. You have to make this decision. you gotta make it now. so it's kind of that's one of my favorite things that I discovered about myself being a director was that I I can do that. Not with salads, though.
0: Oh, no, never with salads. No. We heard that your daughters came to set while you were directing. Yeah. Why was it important for you uh, to have them see you in action?
1: It was super important. I mean, they've come to set see me acting before, um, which is super fun. And, and we had a great time, although my youngest was I was like, what's your favorite thing? She's like, snacks. I was like, oh, you must be an actor. Because <laughs> that's, that's all we care about, too, is just craft services. <laughs> so she was like, it's just the fruit snacks. I didn't really care for anything else. <laughs> Your acting is not impressive, Mom. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to have them see me in a position um, where I got to be a boss on some level and to to call the shots and to do something other than acting. And they were really into it. You know, I mean, there's even Dottie Zicklin, who's one of our producers, took a couple pictures of me. I I wasn't even fully aware that I was doing this. I mean, I sort of did, but I was holding my youngest daughter and, and talking to Nico and giving him direction. And my husband was there, too. And he was like, you know, I can. I got to hold our kid. if you want me to while you're doing that? And I was like, No, 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 it's cool, it's cool. So I have this great picture where, like, I have my like my daughter's like on me, and my other daughter's kind of, and we're and um, but I'm giving Nico direction, and I, I was like, Oh yeah, why not? I
0: don't know, why not? You're the embodiment of like women can do it all. Well,
1: well yes, and also Nico is a is is a kind, giving, wonderful person who was embraced. They all everybody embraces that on our set. I think a lot of people are parents on our set and family friendly set. Very family friendly set. And Nico in the episode I was directing was learning about becoming a father. He loves that baby. He was really tapping into some great stuff. He was he's he's got such emotional depth as an actor and as a person. You know, I remember just giving him the direction of like in this episode, you know, when when he's giving his child back to Claire, it, it, I'm like, "It's really hard to say goodbye to your kids. It's really hard. It's not an easy thing, and there's an emotional cost to it." And he was just sort of being like, oh, I love this so much. This is so fun. That's it. That was like a a really beautiful choice he was making that there's so much joy that this kid brings him. And I was like, I just want to remind you that the thing about parenting is that there's also a lot of difficulty and sadness mixed in with that joy that mm-hmm. you can't separate. And he just took that and went. And we were all just in tears shooting the scene with oh. the baby. I mean, it was it was just beautiful. And that baby and he – I mean, first of all, oh. it wasn't just a baby. It was – we had five different babies. Five for one. Yeah, and they. I think the adage you must have heard it is that always work with babies and animals as yep. a direct. Always because they're so easy to give <laughs> direction to. I don't know. We had the Meryl Streep's of babies. Those babies cried <laughs> on cue. They were adorable. I, I lucked out. <laughs> Meryl
0: Streep's of babies. Yeah.
1: What do you enjoy the most about directing Younger? I really love knowing something so well. And getting to direct it, you know, like under getting to have come at it from the point of view of being an actor. So like I already am emotionally invested. I come into it fully emotionally invested because that's my job as an actor. So that was how I came into this project as a director. And I, and I think what's great is that I'm like, oh, I think that's always how you should. I mean, I think I learned that just by accident because that's how it happened for me. But I was like, I think what I should do in the future is, in directing is just read it as an actor first and become emotionally attached to it and then go back and look at it with the eyes of a director so that I, I I'm invested. That. <laughs> you know, I polled every director I know, which is a lot of directors, uh, about what the most challenging thing, I would say, you know, I would say, what do you think the most challenging, I poll all the directors on our show and then directors from other shows and, that I worked with, I was like, what would you say the most challenging thing is? And then the first time you directed what was the most challenging thing to my friends who were actors who became directors. But a lot of the directors said, you know, it was, oh, talking to the actors and trying to find a way to talk to the actors. I was like, oh, I talk to actors every day. So, I mean, I got that part of it. But meanwhile, they're like, well, I know exactly what lens to use. And I'm like, that's when I'm like, <laughs> JT, uh, JT, who's uh. our DP. <laughs> I do delegate. I think that's okay. A DP, their job is to know that. They're brilliant at it. That's why they're a DP. That's why are there. And if I'm like, this is what I want. This is the kind of shot I want. I'm thinking this. And then JT will say, well, okay, well, what I'm thinking is this. And I was like, that's great. It's a collaboration.
0: What was your favorite scene to shoot this episode?
1: That's a hard one, because I, I, I have love for all of this. I mean, I, I really did love shooting that scene with Nico very much. It was really moving and, and it was so fulfilling to be able to give like emotional direction to someone and have it affect them and then have it affect me back. I mean, I, I gotta say, the, the dinner scene. Ah, oh, so good. The dinner scene. I knew would be my, was my most challenging scene for me because I you. There's so much story to tell, and there's not a tremendous amount of movement, and there's so many secrets being kept. There's a lot of stories you're juggling, and you want to get the comedic moments correct, and you want to get you know. So it, it's a delicate balancing act, and I was like, ooh, I don't. It was a long day, too. That's a lot. you got to get a lot of coverage. That's
0: a lot of people at a table. Um, baby Gemma comes to stay in Joss's apartment in this episode.
1: How much does having a baby on set impact the logistics of shooting? Everything. You can only have a baby on set for a very, very limited time. Um, you don't want to hurt or scare that baby. Mm-hmm. And then as a person who is a person in the world and also a mother mm-hmm. of people in the world, I'm very conflicted about whether or not babies should even be on a set. I know that we shouldn't make children work, but that's the story. So I feel, you know, responsibility to tell that story. You, you want to do as little coverage as possible and get that baby in and out. And then specifically in the scene where the baby was crying, which that baby, like I said, Meryl Streep. Yep. The baby Meryl Streep. On cue. Which I was like, all right, the baby needs to cry in this moment. And the baby was like, immediately. And then I was like, that's it. We just, that's one, that's just the one take. So there's a lot of logistics. You're shooting around the baby. We had the fake baby. Uh Um, And then, you know, we needed a good fake baby. We had a fake baby that at one point looked like Chucky. (laughs) And I was like, so that's not our movie, guys. It's a great movie, but I don't want to scare everyone. What does baby energy bring to set? It's just the unknown. So there's always unknown, right? But you just, you can't be like, so baby, listen, talk to me. What are you feeling today? (laughs) <laughs> like, that's just not. They're not gonna. Use, it's a massive unknown because I, you know, the character Jem has been in other scenes, and I, I saw other scenes where the baby was like, "Nope, not today." There was one day that I was not in and I was not directing, and but I came to set just to hang and watch because I'm that dork, um, <laughs> and the the baby was like, "It ain't happening, people," and the, all everyone in the cast was singing to it. Two time Tony Award winning Sutton Foster. What were they singing? singing to the baby? God, I wish I could remember. I can't. Uh, cause my brain she don't work. Uh, it's just calcified. Used to be all spongy. <laughs> now it's hard, like like calcified dinosaur poop. Um, are babies' know.
0: moms on set?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, are are they scary?
1: Well, <laughs> no. You know these. No, the, everybody we worked with was really lovely. Their agents on set as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> agents and manager, publicist. <laughs> of course, naturally. The person doing their insta. Uh, is there? <laughs> that would be so crazy. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be it be great? That's the character I guess I want to play at this point. Hi, I'm in charge of the baby's insides. <laughs> I'll be, um, I'll be, I'm in charge of content, content. Um, but no, I, remember, I just remember being like Sutton is singing to you, baby, and the baby's like, I don't give a shit. That baby was not having it. Was no. not playing that day. No, because you know why? It's a baby. Because it's a
0: baby. That's right. Job
1: is to be a baby. <laughs> so yeah, that's very challenging, and I was very nervous, and then I ended up the day was a dream. So, so there's a moment out. in the episode where Nico gets sprayed in the face with breast milk? Yes, that was a fun to scene to shoot.
0: Are there any fun stories about shooting that specific scene?
1: Here's what was great. Uh, I had the children, and I breastfed the children uh, that I had. <laughs> so uh, of all the directors we've had this season, I was the best equipped to shoot that scene. Because I'm like, I know what sh- this is, guys. Have you sprayed people in the face with your breast um, milk? Yeah. Um, I've experienced everything that Claire was experiencing. Amazing. And I actually really truly felt like uh, lucky that I had that information because I, you know, took the actress aside and was like, look, any questions you have, this has happened to me multiple times. It's not fun. I can tell you exactly what what I experienced, um, you know, and I can tell you what it feels like to be a mom in this moment. It's, there's so many things that you can play with as an actress and I'm a good resource for you. (laughs) Um, And I know what this looks like so you know but at the same time i also knew what was needed comedically right you know so it's great to have verisimilitude right but but the point was to have this moment and to get the funny and it's very orchestrated that you know because we we can't show a boob and we can't show a lactating boob because we didn't have a lactating boob
0: we're using a a squirt gun no yeah and that's as a director is that for you to figure out the logistics of that yeah
1: I sort of knew, like, I was like, okay, we can't show, we can only show what we can show. So, obviously, we got to be over her shoulder onto his face. Right. The funny is seeing his reaction to it. So, that's fine. We don't, there's nothing, we're not showing anything there. Um, but I also wanted to talk to the actress, make sure she was comfortable. And that's important to me, to make sure that, that she felt cared for and not exposed and not that she felt she was actively participating in this scene and that it was funny and that she wasn't just being like exploited.
0: Also in this episode, Liza and Charles have a great scene where she confronts him and he finally fesses up about Mercury. So he says she of all people should understand his desire to reinvent himself, which is totally valid point. Uh, What was the most important thing for you to convey as you brought
1: this scene from the pages to the screen? Uh, What I really loved that I got to do with Peter Herman was that he got to come from a place where he was searching for himself because that had been Liza for season after season after yeah. season. And now he was in this position. And I, I think he's a great actor. And I like to see him a little unmoored. I think it's fun for an actor to play that. And I think he's great at it. And so it was fun for me to get to see him have to try to grapple with that. And then and then conversely to, to see Sutton have to try to grapple with the truth of how she feels about that and the betrayal of that. But also having to understand what he's talking about. So it was great to see them kind of flip sides. How do you see the shift
0: changing at Charles and Liza's relationship?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of different ways it could go. I mean, on the one hand, it could deepen it, where they both are now people who understand what they might not have understood about each other before. Total empathy. Yeah, exactly. So on on the one hand, I see that. But on the other hand, maybe there's some seeds sown of hurt and you know betrayal. That's a little hard. You don't just forget that when you've been hurt by someone you love. So I mean, it just makes it more complex, which makes it more interesting. Makes think. it all the more <laughs> <delicious>. <laughs> uh,
0: Also, Kelsey loses it pretty publicly when she realizes that Charles is the one who's been backing Zane.
1: Yeah. What was capturing this enormous blow up like? I loved that moment. I was like, I'm all about this moment. This is a great moment for her. But what I had to capture was not just her having that moment, which was justified in her. Just truly losing it. But I had to be aware that that was going to be used again at the end of the episode. I had to be aware that it was very public and that was important because it was going to affect how Kelsey felt about herself later. But in the moment, she wasn't recognizing it. And, you know, I had to capture people capturing it. So you have to set it up. But at the same time, I really liked that moment where both of those women, not just Kelsey, but Liza, also kind of let the men know what they did was wrong, and then they're just soaking in it. The men are just—I would have loved to just let them sit there for a long time in discomfort. You just sit there and you think about what you did, and <laughs> we'll watch you squirm.
0: Okay, so as an actor, is it fun to see those moments where you react in ways you probably never would in real life? Yeah. I mean, that's Diana.
1: Literally. I mean, I play a character who says— Multiple things that I'm like, oh, I can't say that, but I sure would love to. And she's just like, bluh, and says it. And you're like, oh, okay, that came right out loud. Why can't we though, huh? Look, I, I try, I try to lead with kindness and think about other people's feelings. Oh, that I know, and I think it's important. <laughs> and it's not that it's not that Diana doesn't think it's important at all. I just think it's not the highest on the list for her. She's got a. a Achieve the goals she's seeking in that moment which are rarely just to make sure everyone's comfortable. Yeah, she's just fulfilling <laughs> her needs and desires at I all times. I do try to make sure everyone's comfortable a little too much. Yes. You know, and don't think about myself so I could maybe take a page from her book, but she could probably take a page from mine. Yeah. Happy medium. Happy medium. Yes. In the moment at the
0: end of the episode when Kelsey, Liza, and Diana realized Charles is now their competition, uh, there's so much written on all three faces. So, what did you imagine going through each of their minds that you wanted to communicate?
1: Holy shitballs. All of them the same. Yeah, but in different tones. Like maybe okay, Diana was like, me. holy shitballs. <laughs> and Kelsey was like, holy shit balls. (laughs) And then Liza was like, holy shit balls. (laughs) Uh, You can see why I probably should be writing dialogue. Yes. I'm a poet is really, I think what probably most people are thinking at this point. That's what was great is that I was just, you know, I tried to sort of guide all three of us to the idea that like, complicated what you're feeling here. So I gave it a cup, a bunch of takes for all of us mm-hmm. so that I could piece it together. And once I had the whole episode and I could see what felt best for that moment, Allison Brown said, to, I said to her, what do you want us as an audience to feel mm-hmm. at the end of this episode with this moment? Because it ends on our faces. It, it ends with a reaction shot. So I was like, well, what's the feeling you want from this so that I can make sure I get it right? And she said, I Want it to be like them, sort of readying themselves for battle. Not just feeling like oh no, but also feeling like okay, here we go. So that those are two complex things happening at the same time, and many more. Also, you know, so it's not just like oh no, we're victims. It's also like all right, here we go. You know, which was a little bit more empowering than oh no, yeah. So um, you do your own cut as a as a director, and it's you usually have too much and they have to cut it down and you do not get the final the director does not get the final cut in this situation i think when you're trying to create an overall season that is cohesive it helps you to have the people who know the whole season kind of get a final pass at it so that we're it's all a part of one long storytelling you know one one long story you know and it doesn't feel choppy
0: okay now we are going to take a deep dive into a scene from the episode guess what scene um, I think I just told you earlier. Let me see. <laughs> Could it be a scene involving a
1: clove of garlic?
0: You know a girl. Okay, I definitely <laughs> want to talk about the dinner party. Maggie's special guest, that garlic clove. <laughs> we all have secrets. Uh, first, talk us through what happens in the scene. Like, I'm talking start to okay, finish.
1: So like, so Maggie decides to throw um, a dinner party and invites Charles over with Liza so they can have like a hang time with her and her new uh, girlfriend Beth and they can just, you know, get to know each other and and just relax. And it's such a nice time in Liza's life that she gets to be with Charles. And I think Maggie's like, you know what? I'm really liking this Beth woman I'm seeing. Let's just have a dinner party. Um, Because Maggie, much like um, Debbie Mazar, like leads with food. Like Debbie will come to your house and cook. But then Maggie runs in. To Kelsey, when they're both trying to um, heal themselves of their various things, Maggie's being a yeast infection. She has a lovely line, lesbians don't <laughs> tell each other about their yeast infections. And Kelsey's trying to, you know, cure her stress-induced alopecia. So they bond over that. And, and Maggie, who's ever this sort of mama bear, is like, well, you know what? Come on over. Have some wine. Have some food. You'll feel better. So that's the start of the scene, which is everybody's, you know, joining in to have this um, dinner party. And then Beth pulls Maggie aside and says, so I saw the medication that you're taking for the yeast infection. And Maggie's like, oh, Jesus, no. Why? Oh, God. And she's like, no, no, no. Because, you know, she, Beth is a naturopath. And I think she did a great job just sort of showing how things are natural and it's all fine. <laughs> and she's like, why don't you use something natural? And Maggie's like, what? And she shows her a clove of garlic, and proceeds to put it inside of Maggie's vagina in the middle of a dinner party. Like any good girlfriend would. Listen, when I'm (laughs) reading the script, I'm a little like, Wait a minute. How are you (laughs) going to shoot this? (laughs) And instantly, your brain is like, Oh my God, how am I going to shoot this? And there were some, you know, I mean, Alison and I watching the monitor, and Alison being like, I just really want it to seem like she's really putting it in there. (laughs) And so how are you getting that out of them? Well, with the actors, you're like, look, we are we can't show this because this uh, duh. Is, you know, <laughs> yes, it's yes. like everybody loves Raymond and then porn. But <laughs> we're actors and we also, you know, we can understand the physical comedy of it. And by the way, I think that Debbie Mazar in the scene oh. is so hysterically funny. The fact that she was like improving those moments when she's like blowing down on her at her crotch. We were like crying with laughter. She's just coming up with that, so yeah. They just, I just said, you know, just take a little time with it. It's not like boop boop, like it takes a second. Yeah. I would imagine, but <laughs> well, one can try to put themselves in a similar situation,
0: <laughs> ish.
1: Yeah, it's the size of a suppository, it's I guess. A- <laughs> and also just like be aware that there are people right over there oh yeah that part too you know right, so right, there's right, a lot of things right. a lot of ways and th- this scene was all about sort of secrets secrets oh, that yeah. everybody was keeping and and so it's you had, I had to do a lot of close-ups on faces registering things you know and trying to keep that active so so then comes the dinner party and the whole time in the dinner party people are like oh, maggie are you making are you making garlic bread <laughs> <laughs> is that a I full on smell of like garlic knot, and you know Sutton also is killing me. All of them, like the, every single one of them, had moments where we're just like Allison and I are holding each other, trying not to ruin the take by laughing out loud. <laughs> you know, like when Hillary has this moment where she like waves the air up to her nose, like she's trying to smell a perfume. <laughs> I, I was like, no, God, it's so funny. And then I was like, listen, I was trying to explain to the cameraman. I was like, this is fun. I was like, I want Maggie's crotch to be a character in this scene because we need its close-up. We need to know its reaction to the scene. No, but I I wanted a three-shot of Charles and Kelsey and Maggie's crotch. I was like, this is an important (laughs) shot that we set up because it's funny and we need that. So just really trying to make that as clear as possible to JT, who is like a father figure to me, was pretty fun. (laughs) So the story progresses. And Charles is worried that Liza and Kelsey are going to realize that he's the one who's been behind Mercury. So he has this secret and Maggie has this secret. And just when you think Charles might fess up to the secret and say, it's me, I'm running Mercury, Maggie stands up and says, it's me, it's me, there's garlic. And and of course, being Debbie Mazar, she went ahead and said, Beth shoved a clove of garlic up my pussy. Uh, of course. And Darren Starr was like, was there for a little time while I was shooting it. And he was like, oh, we're using that. <laughs> and the tension is so broken by that moment of her standing up and saying that in everyone's face, particularly Peter Herman. Peter Herman gave some good face in this scene.
0: Speaking of Peter, he's a known laugher. And obviously you said there's a lot of laughing in this. You guys are dying trying to not laugh and ruin the scene. Yes. I mean, what were the actors laughing?
1: They were. But I'll tell you something. Scenes around a table with four or more people, especially a scene that's as detailed as this, require a lot of coverage. Right. So you have to get from everyone's point of view to everyone. That is a lot of coverage. That is a long scene. I mean, it may be like was a six hour scene. So that's hard to keep your spirits up. I get super grumpy as an actor and I try to like find ways out of it, you know. But yes, we do We do get a case of the giggles. And there were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, God, Peter Herman, just hold it together. Just hold it together, Peter Herman. And not only did he hold it together, to to need something from them as actors and have them deliver it so amazingly is really special. I also got a coffee and a pizza truck. For any new directors out there, (laughs) splurge for the food trucks. (laughs) And it was a Friday. So it's the end of a long ass week. It just does help that you're like, guys, I know we're here for a long time. Pizza truck on me! You know what I mean? Pizza! And then I was like, and not only that, I got a coffee truck too! (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm saying is I bought their love. Lesson learned today on the podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, as a director, how do you collaborate with the episode's writer to bring the story to life?
1: Well, Alison Brown is a wonderful writer. So smart. So funny. And a friend of mine, you know. And she—I was so excited to get to direct this episode— with her um we were both kind of giddy about it so i was really excited to get to do it this is another benefit i had as a director coming in like i could just call up allison and be like hey i have a question about this um and i felt very comfortable doing that it's an open communication with her so i could ask her anything you know and that's so useful to me because the scene comes to life first in the writer's room right and then in her head as she writes it and so i want to know exactly what she's hoping for and exactly what she's thinking and then i can bring that to life as much information as i can get is helpful to me and then to have her on set. She's it's so collaborative. That's and we had a great time. Okay,
0: so now I'm going to ask you the five questions I ask every cast member I get to talk to. What's your favorite thing about your character?
1: Oh, her how unapologetically she embraces her own power and intelligence.
0: Agree. Thank you. What's the most memorable scene you've shot on the show and why?
1: For me, it's going to be a scene in episode 8 which was written by Sarah Choi. Which was her first episode that she got to write for this. She was writer's um, assistant, and she's a fantastic writer, and will hope to have a long and illustrious career. And please remember me. Um, uh, yeah, it's a scene that I've been long been wanting to, and it's a scene with Sutton Foster, and it's really emotional. And she's it's so wonderful. She's such a wonderful scene partner. It just it was a great scene to get to do as an actor.
0: I don't want to spoil it, but you guys, it's you're gonna cry. Box of tissues. <laughs> box of tissues. Um, three, if you could write your own storyline, what would you want
1: to happen to your character? Okay. First of all, it's funny that you say if I could write my own storyline, because I spend a lot of time in the writer's rooms eating their snacks. Because I think (laughs) just sitting in the writer's room and eating snacks is what it means to be a writer. (laughs) Um, apparently you also have to write. Oh. Which, um, I don't know. Jury's out for me if that's true or not. (laughs) But I do pitch things. And my most recent pitch, hard pitch, was just that we start season seven in Italy. Yes. And there's a reason. I can't tell you the reason, but there's a real good reason. And I've outlined the entire episode for Darren Star. And and he did like it. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, guys. But uh, I was pitching hard. Pitching hard. Scale of one to ten. Chances of it happening. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. Six?
0: That's not too bad. It's, it's over five. Yeah, it's over five.
1: I mean, I've, I'm not, I haven't done math in a while, but it feel, I think six is over five. I, mean, I, I yeah. think it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which character would you most want to hang out with in real life? Oh, Maggie. Because? My, because for, there's always food and wine. Duh. I also want to be Debbie Mazar, so it could be that. I want to hang out in Maggie's apartment with Maggie cooking for me and a glass of wine on, on that couch and just shoot the shit with Maggie. <laughs> that's what I want to do.
0: And last but not least, what's the best thing about working on this show?
1: Um uh, the people. They're amazing. They're my they're my family. So that's the best the best part of it is going to work with these people who make me laugh and and are so wonderful and kind and make it a joy to go to work.
0: Miriam, thank you so much. Aw, thank you. That was so fun. Just such a great job on this episode, directing, acting, the whole shebang-alang. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Thank
0: you. We thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) We love you as Diana. We love you as a director. And I think every younger fan is looking forward to seeing more of both. Just my opinion. I'll be back after next week's episode and every new episode to get into whatever happens next. I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered.